well, I'm not going to ask what if I'm wrong. I'm just going to say he didn't lose the election. So, hey, let me get my homemade my homemade gas mask and my AR-15 and show up with all of my 314 pounds of man fat and show up and try to and try to, you know, storm the Capitol. It's like, yeah, you can blame Donald Trump for kind of inflaming that, but you got to kind of blame stupid people. I'm Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. Okay, so I I realize now that I'm I'm seriously like okay, I'm in Kansas. <laughs> I you know it's like it's it's one of those things where it's sort of what it reminded me of. What's the name of the? Uh, oh, I can't think of her name. The the woman that was she was like in college and she was convicted in Italy for killing her roommate. Oh, remember that? Yeah, yeah remember Brittany, her? Uh, Brittany Griner. Okay, no, that's not Brittany Griner. She was the basketball player. Are you saying basketball players can't kill their roommates? No, I'm just saying that's, that's not who I'm talking about. Well, uh, I guess that's true. It was a Kaylee-type girl. Hey, like whatever, a, like anyway. a basic white bitch, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, she yeah. was a man, or a man, Amanda Knox. Is it Amanda Knox? <laughs> I don't know, is it? We are. We have the internet at our disposal. We're just. I, I actually don't want to look it up. I don't want to look it up. I'm going to go to Bing. I'll be right back. Don't no. Don't go to Bing. Brandon Bruce will correct me. I guarantee you, he will send me a text <laughs> correcting me, and so I'm fine with that. So I'm going to say it's Amanda Knox and hope that I'm right. Anyway, I think she Amanda wrote, Knox was a soldier. Oh, and you know, I don't care. Anyway, the woman that was convicted, um, erroneously convicted of of killing her roommate in Italy, she went to prison. You're right, it's Amanda Knox. All right, there you go. Um, and she ended up writing a piece. She, uh, uh, it was exonerated. She's out. Now she's trying to live her life. But one of the things she wrote, she wrote for the Free Press this piece talking about how she felt when she was in prison and how for a good long time it wasn't, she just kept thinking about what her life could have been or what it will be when she's out. And then all of a sudden it occurred to her, oh, wait a minute, this is my life. Mm -hmm. This isn't the life I'm, this is my life. I'm a prisoner in an Italian fucking prison. This is my life. Mm -hmm. And I think there takes a little while when you, and and again, I don't want to compare Wichita, Kansas with an Italian prison. (laughs) But you did. But I did, and it's just it's just a very small town, um, and my family's here, and that is a ton of fun, and I like that, and the job I have is fine, I, but I'm still in Kansas. Well, one of, one of the things, I guess I've been holding on to the life that I could have, because well, I've been driving me, but, but around. Yeah, I, I got to stop you, because All I feel right. like you, you just named two really important things. You're with your family, and that's fun. You like your job, it's fine. You have a fun job. I mean, you're working in radio. Like, what's so bad? You got a great apartment. I do have a great apartment. You've you've got your health. You've got like everything is everything's fine. It's just I miss the city. I miss the things to do. You know. Mm, I mean, okay. I I live in an entire city that is basically like 
a Walmart. Like everybody is in a Walmart <laughs> and they're living in this city. And, you know, it's like, I, and I don't want to be a snob, but maybe I am a snob, but it's just like, I miss, I actually miss the city. Mm-hmm. But, and so, but instead of living like I'm living in Wichita, um, I've still just been kind of holding out. And one of the things I held out and realized, realized just not too long ago as I'm driving along and I realized, holy fuck, I've been driving on expired Nevada plates since I got here. <laughs> and I can't go to Nevada and get the plates renewed because uh, to get them renewed in Nevada, I have to drive to Las Vegas and get a smog test because they don't do them here in Kansas. Right. And I was like, Wait, they don't oh. do smog tests in Kansas? Like, no, no. At, at all? No. Like I mean, not you, even every two years? Like in Illinois, we have to get it every two years. No. Because there's no giant cities here, dude. I'm in an Italian prison. We don't have smog. Wow. We're in Kansas. Anyway. I mean, the carbon footprint of... eh, Whatever. Okay, fine. It's Kansas. Do you think anybody in the Kansas legislature even knows what a carbon footprint is? That's probably just some woke bullshit that blah, blah, blah. That's what I'm saying. Anyway, so I realized that I have to go... I have to go next week. I've got to go to the DMV and I've got to get my Kansas driver's license and I have to get my Kansas plates. And I realized part of the reason when I realized I had to do that, part of the reason that I've been resistant or I just haven't done it, it's just been on the back burner, is the idea that if I get a Kansas driver's license and Kansas plates, then I am definitely a resident of Kansas. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, wow, that's, that's got a finality to it. It's not, but it's got that sense. Anyway, the other day, and I told you the story about getting the speeding ticket uh, from Dodge City, Kansas, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they chased me for the 37 bucks. I get a call the other day, and right now my phone is attached to my work phone, and I, I, you know, I do a lot of customer service because I give away a lot of tickets. So people, when they don't get their tickets or can't figure out how to work their mobile ticket thing, they call me. So I get a call, and I just picked up the phone and said, yeah, this is Don Hall. Is this Donald Ray Hall? Yeah. (laughs) And it's the Illinois Department of Revenue. And she says that that there was a speeding ticket that I received and that uh, it needed to be paid. And... And I thought, wait a minute. Okay, so I was last in Chicago in November when I came and crashed at your place. Did I get a speeding ticket to and from? No, no, I did not. I did not get a speeding ticket in November. So when the fuck did I get this ticket? So I said, what's the, uh, what's the date on the ticket? And she said, July of 1990. What? July of 1933 fucking years ago. What? What? I don't even know what, what kind of car I had. I think it was probably my Bronco. I mean, this is so long ago. I mean, and I said, I said, and I did. I said, 33 years ago? She said, uh, yes. And, I, and she was very, you know, all business. And I said, well, you know, I've grown hair in certain parts of my body since then. My brother-in-law <laughs> wasn't even alive yet. I, I mean, it, it, it was just like, you've got to be kidding. And I said, is, I, I said, isn't there a statute of limitations? And she said, not on, not on traffic violations. And sure enough, there are no statute of limitations on traffic violations. And motherfucker, they're coming for their money. How much is it? 
Well, it, the, the original ticket was 110 because what I told her is she said, we can set up a payment. And I said, no, 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 no. Wait, you the need original to... ticket in 1990 was $110. Yes. That's a was lot of hun- money in 1990. Yeah, apparently you, I must have. Were you, were you going 200 miles an hour with your dick I, out the window? Like, what I, going- I, I have no idea. I oh didn't God. really look. But, but I told her, I said, I'm not paying anything till I actually get a copy of the ticket. I said, because, you know, I don't know you and you're not with, you're with Paycourt. You're a, you're a debt collector. Yeah. Okay. You can say you're with the Olympics. I said, honey, I, and I did say honey, honey, which is really condescending. But I did. I said, honey. No, but in 1990, that was totally appropriate. So Exactly. Just, I'm yeah, just, just living large. Appropriately code switching. It's fine. Yeah, I'm yeah. Johnny Lawrence. But I said, honey, um, <laughs> I said, uh, I said, seriously, I... <laughs> I said, I said, you're you're a debt collector. You can say that you're from the Illinois Department of Revenue, but you've probably never even walked in the building of the Illinois Department of Revenue. You're a you're a debt collector, so don't don't try to lie. Yeah. I know what's going on. I said, but I got to see a copy of that actual ticket, and then I'll determine whether or not I'm going to pay it. Mm-hmm. Well, you have to pay it. They'll have a bench warrant. I said, I lived in Chicago for thirty years. Mm-hmm. And this ticket apparently was outstanding, and I never got a bench for it then. So I'm pretty sure you're full of shit. And then she got a little upset. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, yeah, I don't, don't try to strong arm me on a fucking phone call. She said, are you still living in Chicago? And I said, no, I'm not. Where are you at? I said, someplace undisclosed. <laughs> Good. So she sent me a copy of the ticket. It was $110 in 1990. Now they want 195 And I'm not going to fucking pay it. I, I'm just not going to fucking pay it. It's just the stupidest shit. It was 33 years ago. And what it reminded me of is if I were, a, you know, like a, a, let's just say, we'll say, we'll say a younger millennial. And I had tweeted, and I had tweeted something offensive in 1990, and 33 years later, somebody calls me and says, yeah, you owe, you owe the homos an apology, or whatever it is. You know what I mean? It's like, whatever it happens to be, you owe someone, some group, some random group, an apology, because 33 years ago, you tweeted this thing. And I just thought, that is the bunch of shit. So yeah, that's that's yeah. I'm not going to pay that, but I do have to get my Kansas driver's license, and I have this this weird feeling in the back of my head that I'm going to go in to get the Kansas driver's license, and they're going to say, "Yeah, well, you got to pay this hundred ninety five dollars." And I'm going to, and then I'm going to like light the place on fire and run naked in the streets because it's mean, like, fuck it, just put me in jail. I don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> like, I, I I guess they could get a. A bench warrant? I mean, that seems like not the best not, use of resources. No. Well, shit. But why did this pop up 33 years later? Like, why? I think it's because um, the, the, the Dodge City, Kansas people, you know, got up my ass. I had paid the ticket, and mm-hmm. they had tacked on that $37 for not paying it within the first 10 days kind of bullshit. I mean, yeah. I still paid it within a month, but no, 10 days was on the fine print. I didn't fucking read Jesus. the fine print. So I paid the $37, and I think there's like a, a database of, hey, this motherfucker will pay. This asshole, mm-hmm. this asshole will pay if, you know. So, and then all of a sudden I'm on a database, and some, they went, hey, look, hey, Bob, come here. Look, this motherfucker paid. He paid $37 in Dodge City for a fucking ticket because of the 10-day thing. He paid it. We'll fucking call him because they... Look, look, look. He did, He was speeding 
you know, before Nixon was in office, he was speeding. So let's uh, <laughs> let's nail him for it. I was like, ah, oh, fuck. My God, 1990. I know. 19- that was before the Bush Senior was still president. I know. It wasn't even election season for Clinton. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, what else was 1990? Like the Bulls hadn't won. No, I had their I championships. Even, yet. I hadn't even. WDP hadn't even been created at that point. I had been in Chicago for probably at that point less than a, maybe just a little over a year. At that point, I know that's why it's got to be my Bronco. I was in sixth grade. Well, July nineteen. I wasn't even in sixth grade yet. I was. It was the summer before sixth grade. I didn't have hair on my wieners. Well, that's what that was my joke about growing hair. You know, I mean, I had hair in nineteen ninety, but it was just like trying to make a point to the woman that I did offend offend by calling her honey. But it's Jesus Christ! You got to be kidding me, man. That is like I was talking to a kid. Ancient. I know. I wonder was this was this woman this this debt collector was she even alive in 1990? Like I wonder what I, I have no doubt she was not. I'm I, sure. Well, I hope I hope she was. I hope that you know because no. if you were born in 1990, you're 33 years old. I hope that a 33 year old has not reduced themselves to a debt collection agency. Somebody's got to work for them. But I feel like that's the kind of thing where you've given up on life. You think it's, so? I hope so because that's a miserable job. You just call and. It's never good news. You're never nice to people. No, I'm I, sure. I got, a, I got a call from a debt collector once for, God, what the hell was it for? Oh, I think it was like just a hospital bill that just like got past me. And I was like, what is it? What? Oh, hang on. Fine. Here's like 50 bucks or whatever. You know, like it just whatever. Like things get past you, right? Yeah, yeah. But she was so, or no. He like a was, speeding ticket in 1990. Like a speeding yeah. ticket in 1990. Yeah. She, this guy was so mean to me. And I said, hang on, I got to stop you. And he said, why? What's the problem? I said, you're being really, really mean right now. And I kind of leaned into, like, you're hurting my yeah, feelings a you're little hurting, bit. Uh, <laughs> but, like, he was, I mean, he wasn't hurting my feelings, but he was being a fucking asshole. I'm like, just, like, you're, I, I wasn't aware of this. This is a mistake. I'm sorry. I will pay it. But you're just being really, really mean about it. Mistakes happen. Have you ever made a mistake in your life? Well, this isn't about... No, I know it's not about you. I just like... Your job is to talk to people. Every day, that's your job. People that may have... Not like me, who like, okay, fine, I forgot, here's 50 bucks. But people that may be like, they didn't pay it because all their money has had to go to their child's cancer treatment. And if you call them and you treat them like you're treating me right now, that's really uncool. (laughs) And he kind of just was like, whoa, well... Well, let's. When do you when do you think you'll have the money available to send us? I'm like, I can write you a check as soon as I get home. I'm driving home right now, and I will put the money in the mail. Okay, okay. That's and like it totally like changed his demeanor a bit. But I really hope that he went to bed that night, like went to, home to his wife or whatever, and was like, I had a call today. I don't know. This guy opened my eye like a Jerry Maguire moment. He had a Jerry moment, Ma- you know? a Jerry Maguire moment. That's exactly what I was thinking. It's like he gives it, he writes a manifesto and then gets fired. <laughs> Starts his own debt collection agency, but with heart. Because what kind of person? Like, I, I feel like the people that get jobs as debt collectors are worse than people who want to be cops. Because at least with a cop, you could say like, "Well, I want to help my community." You can convince yourself that you're actually going to help your community. But with a debt collector, you're just trying to get money from people who are in. In, mo- in many cases, I'm sure, are broke or in dire straits, you know, like, are just in really bad situations. 
just trying to get $110, $195, or 50 yeah. bucks to go to Northwestern Hospital or the Illinois Department of Revenue, who don't yeah. fucking need it. Yeah. yeah. No, you're I, just no, going to be a it. dick to people. That's your job, is to be a dick to people. Well, I, you know... I, you, yeah, all right. You know, I, I don't I don't disagree with your assessment. I don't know if it's people at the end of their life that become debt collectors, but maybe well, so. I, I never of, even when, when they reach the point like I have nothing of value to give the earth. Well, what that's else what am I going to do with my life? That's like most of Gen. I'm, I'm that's like most of Gen Z. You just described almost all of Gen Z, except for the ones that go out in the street and like burn stuff. Well, I mean, I have no life. I have. I'm not going to live as well as my parents did. I have massive student debt. My life sucks. That's why All they right. influence. Because they're they trying to in- change the world. They influence. They go on the Instagrams and they they influence things. Yeah, nobody's going to change the world through Instagram except for in the most bad way ever. Uh, is Greta Thunberg on the Instagram? I wouldn't know. I don't have Instagram, David, because I'm an adult. Greta, Th- what's her name? Thunderbird. Thunderbird. Th- Th- Thorn. <laughs> Thor- Thornhill. Thornhill. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Great, she's, great, she's Grady, Grady Thor. Yeah, Grady Thornhill. No, <laughs> she's not. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that she's not gonna change the world either. Oh wait, was she the one that killed her roommate in Italy? Grady. Thunberg. Yes, Grady Thunthorn Flame. <laughs> yes, absolutely. All right, I have something I want to ask you about because uh, I, I actually got. I it is it it is rare that <laughs> I get. Fuck? We have about as much respect for people as debt collectors, really. As debt collectors, really. We just don't call them. We just talk about them. <laughs> right. Here's, uh, I, wrote, I don't get a whole lot of uh, blowback from my I believes. It's rare that I get anybody that like either comments on the website or emails me directly or whatever and says, you're fucking wrong, you suck, Nazi bastard, that kind of thing. Here was the I believe, and I got... I would say about 15 responses of for this specific thing. This is what oh I wrote. God. I believe that if, as the far left would have it, offensive speech is, quote, harmful and, quote, violent, it is then reasonable to conclude that drag shows and tales of trans youth, offensive to the far right, are likewise harmful and violent, Thus is the trap the left sets for themselves every time in which I conclude to mean that no speech, regardless of offense, is harmful or violent. Mm-hmm. And, oh, that just really pissed lot. I think that's a pretty logical conclusion, which is if you're going to say that speech, that you find speech that does not agree with your particular uh, moral bent is, can be labeled harmful and violent speech, then it guess what this is america we all have the same rights we all have the same thing that means that the rabid uh far-right christian ideologue who is offended by gayness and transness and drag queens and all they are just as offended by that as you are by their shit and so they can also label it harmful and violent and when every Everybody says things that offend them are harmful and violent. My reaction is, oh, then nothing said is harmful or violent. And this is, so what are your thoughts on that? I'm just curious because I get, like I said, I didn't get into any arguments because I'm just, you can't win an online or email argument. It just can never be won. So I was like, yeah, I'm not going to get into it. But it was just very interesting that that 
among all the things I say that are sort of provocative and sort of shit stirring, uh, that's that 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 one's got a few people's hackles up. Yeah. The so did you know these people or were these strangers that emailed you? About didn't it. know any. Didn't no, didn't know a single one of them. Okay, first of all, let's consider that a win that people we don't know are reading the website. That's yeah. right. People. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Big win. People. People we know don't read the website. Yeah. Um. No, I I I agree with you. I mean, there's the whole thing of living your truth. You know, believe what you believe and make it so. All that you know, be yourself. I believe. <laughs> That Marjorie Taylor Greene is living her truth. That Lauren Bart Bart is living her truth. That every other asshole in the world... Grady that, Thornhill, all that, her that I, truth. Well, yeah, but like people... I'm talking about people that I vehemently... Vehemently, is that right? Vehemently? Vehemently. <laughs> vehemently. Right? I don't, I don't know, know if it's vehemently. I think it's vehemently, but uh, that's how I would say it. But then again, I used to call it refugees instead of refugees. <laughs> so what if the only, fuck do I know? If only we knew I thought writer, the heart of someone, I thought the, I thought the heart uses, of rock and roll was in Cleveland. That's what I thought it was. Isn't it? Heart of rock and roll is in Cleveland. Yeah, that's <laughs> where the... No, it's still beating. The Hall it's, of Fame. Yeah, I understand that, but that's not the song. Well... In your truth, it is a song. <laughs> yeah, if only we knew, like, a writer or somebody who works with words for their living, like, yeah. an, like an audio, like they do an audio cast or something and write, or maybe something they would that, yeah. know how to pronounce the word vehemently. Vilily. But these people that I, that I absolutely disagree with. Very good. Uh, the West Baptist... Church motherfuckers, you know, yeah. AIDS, West, AIDS West, and West, Westboro, Westboro Baptist Church. What did I say? The West Baptist. West, it's just Westboro. It's the Westboro Baptist Church. Great. Fred Phelps, he's yeah. dead. Aw, miss him. It's okay. His daughter, his daughter uh, saw the light, became a normal human being, and then just did the podcast where she interviewed that J.K. Rowling. That's his daughter. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't make that connection. Jesus. Um, exactly. So, the, these people, so, to, to the point, like, this is what made me think of it, is that the, the host of the pod, of the J.K. Rowling, the Witch Charles of J.K. Rowling, she talks about, like, she believed it. This is what their truth was. Why wouldn't they go out and try and save people? They're trying to save humanity. The difference is that it's not the belief that's different. It's... The way they go about it, it's the a little more is factual. I, I I think so. But the point is this: to those who believe that trans people are hurting their children, which they're not, the drag shows are going to hurt their children, which they don't. There's no scientific evidence to support that, but they believe it. Yeah, when D we David, say go sister David, go, that's hurting. No, that's hurting. It, the, that's harmful. Exactly. Rhetoric. But there's no scientific evidence that saying. Trans women aren't women is damaging in any way either. It is a belief system that is being disagreed with, and but it's harmful to the feelings. It's it's hurting their well, feelings. That's what it well, is. And it, yeah. Well, it it hurts the feelings of those. Yeah. Marjorie Taylor Greene may or may not have feelings, but if she does, perhaps saying saying that 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 
people shouldn't have guns really hurts her feelings. Well, but and I if, think some of these things are harmful because what it does is it can... Well, it you can think they're harmful. Well, but it can... Ex- on both sides, it can exacerbate... Marjorie Taylor Greene's bullshit... Yeah, yeah. ...can exacerbate more anti-Semitic rhetoric and that can exacerbate... And I'm... I'm I mean, I, I'm kind of making it up, but, like, this is how things begin, right? Like, it snowballs. The rhetoric can snowball into something, into action. And, and what and I would on argue... on the other side, their Marjorie Taylor Greene side, like the far right, is concerned that our left rhetoric is going to snowball and hurt them. And I, it's, it's right. I mean, it's, you, you are right. I think that the side you disagree with is going to have, quote-unquote, harmful rhetoric. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, and, well, and, and, we and my perspective, and my perspective, yeah, my perspective on it is: if anybody is so easily swayed by rhetoric, if you're that easily swayed by rhetoric, then it's not the speech that's the problem; it's the fact that you're too fucking stupid yes. to reason your way out of something that is like if if Jim Jones tells you, "Hey, hey, mm-hmm. Kool Aid, all gotta die," yep. and you're the and you're you're so fucking stupid as to go. Well, yeah, I think I'll drink this Kool-Aid and die because Jim Jones said it. The thing about it is, I again, I go back to COVID. Some people are like furious that they had to wear masks. Some people are furious that people wouldn't wear masks. Some people were furious that there was some vaccine that came out that they thought was from Pfizer, which it was. Um, and some people were furious that you wouldn't take the vaccine. Here's the thing. I remember... When it started to hit and they started talking about it and Donald Trump said it was nothing, my reaction was, this is going to be like the flu. Mm -hmm. And although I did not at the time understand that it was going to be like the flu in 1918 rather than like the flu today. Yeah. I didn't realize that. And I did. I, I remember it was in the casino and I was making fun of it. You know, I made jokes about how, you know, but as soon as. Fauci got on there, and then there was a little bit more evidence. They started figuring things out. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not a fucking idiot, <laughs> right? Uh, I went, all right, let's take a look at what is coming out, you know, the consensus of scientists, because I'm not a scientist. I'm not sitting in, the, in my casino office, like, uh, looking at slides of fucking... <laughs> viruses and trying to determine you know so i gotta take somebody's word for it but i listened to several credible sources and and went okay uh maybe this is more this more a threat than i thought i read all the stuff about the vaccines and the booster shots and it was like all right so yeah there might be there might be some credible evidence that says this is less effective than we thought or it won't do what they say which it turns out it didn't however what I really looked at is okay. Is is it going to hurt me mm-hmm. if I take the boot? If I take the vaccine and the and the booster, is it going to harm me in some way? And once I determined, yeah, it's not going to harm me in any way. I mean, it's, it doesn't have any lasting side effects for the most part. And okay, so what's it going to hurt for me to do it? And it really goes to talk about that J.K. Rowling thing. One of the things in the last episode she talked that it's the conversation of what if I'm wrong? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, and that's, that's, I kind of play that game all the time. What if I'm wrong? I believe, I think this is true, but what if I'm wrong? And if I don't take the time to actually look into it and then I go behave like, God damn it. What if I'm wrong? What if Donald Trump really did lose the election? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not going to ask what if I'm wrong. I'm just going to say he didn't lose the election. So, Hey, let me get my homemade 
my homemade gas mask and my AR-15 and show up with all of my 314 pounds of man fat and show up and try to, and try to you know, storm the Capitol. It's like, yeah, you can blame Donald Trump for kind of inflaming that, but you got to kind of blame stupid people, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Pause because I'm looking for something that I wrote. Um, okay. Yeah, I think that it's it's super important to to routine, routinely, if not constantly, ask yourself the question: What if I'm wrong? Like I've I've written about this in several different ways, several different times for a long time. Just like this idea of certainty. Um. If you're certain, like absolutely certain about something, I am gonna go. Mm, I, yeah, unless you can absolutely back it up with like unbreakable hard evidence. If it's just like you're so sure about something, so sure, and there's you know, like I'm so sure that that I'm holding a pen in my hand right now. There's yeah. no denying that because look, here it is. But if you can't prove that, like that hard evidence, you're you should maybe question because certainty. Is- it's okay to believe in things. It's okay to have faith in things. But it really goes down to the point of um, what if I'm wrong? I really what love if you're that wrong? because things yeah. change. You don't if, have if all I'm wrong. The answers. Yeah, that's the question. Is okay. So if I believe that. Uh, that your pin that you held up just now, if I believe that that is God, that that is the manifestation of the divine, that Mm -hmm. goddamn pin, and I am going to live my life in accordance to the the roller ball and the ballpoint pin and it runs out and I can make all the metaphors on life that I went to for a ballpoint pin and I do that, okay, what if I'm wrong? Does it hurt anyone if that's my belief? No. Now, if I go out and I try to convince a whole bunch of other people that this is the thing, and then, and as a part of that, have decided that I want to create this little army of people so that we can, uh, I can't think of it, a single example of what damage you could do with a rollerball plant, but, <laughs> you know, like do damage, then what if I'm wrong? People are hurt. That's different. But if I, nobody's I, hurt, if I'm a, wrong, then it, then it doesn't matter that I believe it. Here's the perfect example. Replace ballpoint pen with Judaism. Hindu, well, I guess maybe not Hinduism as much, but like Judeo Judeo Christianity, right? Like that's while both while those religions have done wonderful things for millions and millions and billions of people, it's done a lot of horrible, horrible things for millions and millions and billions of people too. You know. Religion is the only reason we've had war. <laughs> no, not necessarily. No, but like, no, it's but, more yeah, complicated than that. But sure, we've had a lot of shit because of the religion, because of people trying to convince other people. I mean, the West, ba- the Westboro Baptist Church motherfuckers. Like, does their belief that you know AIDS is a cure for homosexuality does that hurt anybody if they keep that shit in their stupid little church with their stupid little people? No. But when they come out on the streets and there's, you know, Ryan White's mother and father, um, does that cause harm? Yeah, 
No, it causes hurt feelings, feelings. which is not the same as harm. Give me, and that's the thing. If it's either, and I'm, I, you know me, I am a hundred percent a free speech apple absolutist. I absolutely think, and this is not like I'm a right wing free speechist or a left wing free. I think free freedom of speech is the first amendment to the Constitution. It is the first right in our Bill of Rights that actually has to apply across the board for the society, a pluralistic society, to exist. And one of the things that I, I mean, it, it, it's like, man, I get it. I get it. You know, it's like saying fire, screaming fire in a crowded theater is, is a lie of imminent threat. And it is designed to cause panic and it is an immediate threat. So, yeah, that should be something you ban. However, calling people bad names, screaming at them, throwing, throwing having signs... You know, um, that it might hurt your fucking feelings, but your feelings aren't your life. And if they are, then you have mental health issues that you need to take care of because you're too fragile to exist. I mean, that's one of the things I told my mom. We went and saw this thing uh, the other night, this paranormal Cirque, Mm -hmm. you know, and I was trying to explain to my sister because she came that Cirque du Soleil is its own business. It's French. It's French Canadian, actually. And, you know, they but. Cirque is not a part of their company. Cirque is simply another word for circus. Right. But they did this sort of like dark, satanic, scary, fucked up, you know, that was the theme. Just like Beatles love is Cirque du Soleil with, I mean, because it's the same goddamn acts. It's like, all right, here's some acrobats. Here's somebody on a circ, you know, like a a whirling circle in the air. The woman who gets her head, you know, all that shit. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's horror themed. And there was some rumors in town that there were going to be some Christian protests of the paranormal Mm. Cirque. And my mom said, what are you going to do? And I said, well, if I guarantee that if there's a guarantee, there's going to be a protest, I want to join. And she said, what? I said, yeah, I want to make a sign. And the sign says, miracle whip is not mayonnaise. And I just (laughs) want to stand there and hold it up. You know, because that's that's the effectiveness, in my opinion, of, of protests like that. But I have the right to say that. I have the right Dude, to make that point. That's actually great. Like, way to take the wind out of the sails of Westboro Baptist motherfucker. You know, those types. It's just like, show up with the dumbest signs. Uh, you know, the toilet paper should roll from the top. Exactly. That's, you know, and that's your protest. It's, it's just as an effective protest as anything else. And as long as I'm not throwing bottles of Miracle Whip at people's heads, I'm not hurting anybody. That's not harm. Yeah. Yes, does it hurt the feelings of people who really, really love Miracle Whip? They might get very butthurt about my comment. However, that is not harm and it's not violence. It's just you didn't like what I said. That's okay. Harm, harm in words and harm, it's a, the, the semantics around it is tricky, and here's why. So, you know, there's the old sticks and stones can break my bones, but names will never hurt me thing. I, I believe that to the end of my days. Which, which, like, yeah. I mean, ultimately, yes. But words do hurt. They you hurt know? your feelings. Yeah, and that 
And feelings are feelings. And if you don't have the capacity to cope beyond hurt feelings, then you really aren't going to live in the world that the rest of us live in there. I'm sorry, but 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 in the circle of life, the lion is going to eat your fucking face off. And if you don't have the sense to know the difference between having your face eaten off and the hyena laughing at you, you're just not going to survive very long. That's fine. And that's a great analogy. But the reality of this is that words do hurt people. When... The things that your third ex-wife said to you hurt you. They stuck with you. They, they hurt my you're feelings. Still, you're still working through absolutely the, the, the healing of that. So I was just reading a story this morning about a 13-year-old boy who... The baseball player? The baseball player. I read yeah. about him, yeah. That's really, that's really shitty. Heartbreaking. That's just a terrible and, thing, yeah. And he was, he was bullied at school. And one day he just decided enough is enough. And he made a video and he la- he named the kids. This is their fault, which I got to say, fucking right on kid. Put those kids on blast, <laughs> put those bullies on blast. But that's one of my greatest fears as, as a dad now is like, what if I don't, cause his parents didn't know. And what if Harry just, I mean, knock wood, Jesus Christ. But like, you know, bullying, uh, See, and you, 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 you have, have a kid. Able, yeah. You have to be able to like understand that like you, you got to push through the words. You've got to push through the and it's not ignore it's the so, haters and let the you know the haters going to hate and 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 like yeah they will. But they're still going to hurt your feelings. What you have to do yeah. is try your best to get through that and not let the fuckers drag you down. Well, and it's and, and this one of the things I'm actually it's so funny that you brought this up because I'm currently writing a piece for Literate Ape. And the title of it is Bullies are a crucial part of our development. And they are. You, you know, and, and the thing the about hard it is part is you have to get through it. Teach you, well, and the thing is we're not teach what we're teaching kids, what kids are kind of growing up with, uh, you know, and, and and I think there was probably some of that when I was a kid, but the thing is what I was taught when I was a kid is there was a bully you have to stand up for yourself. You don't. You don't cry. You, what you never do is go tell the teacher. Nope. You never go tell your parents. You stand up for yourself. You have to learn to fight back. The movies about bullying all said the same thing. Karate Kid, which is now Cobra Kai, same thing. Stand up for yourself. That's what. That's how you cope with it. That's how you get stronger. Mm-hmm. And and there is a there is an entire generation of people that. That's and I don't know what it is they're taught. I'm not going to say, oh, it's the participation trophy. Blood shit. I don't care what it is. The fact is, they have lost the ability to cope mm-hmm. with with this bullying. And one of the things that I that I I just thought this was very funny. And I just want to write. I just want to read you this because I thought it was very fun. Um, comedian Chris Rock calls being bullied the defining moment in my life. It made me who I am. And uh, and he says, I got beat up just about every day. I got called, the word you can't say, you're right, but you're mm-hmm. thinking it right now. Um, every single day. You know, they, called, I was, they called him a cunt? Okay, we'll go with that one. Yeah, that's the one we'll go with. That's a weird, that's a weird choice of words for... For a young black kid, yeah, yeah, I know it's just crazy. But the thing, and I'm not saying that we should like laud and you know bullies. Bullies should not. I apologize if me using that word was harmful to anybody. I'm not. I'll say it five times. Cunt, 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 cunt. I, I did. It's like it's a great word, and it should be used frequently. And if it hurts your feelings, cope. Learn to fucking cope yeah. with hearing. Lean into the other C word. Yeah, exactly. Lean into the other C yeah. word. But anyway, I, I, I don't know if I think that, you know, and it's one of the things, 
I'm working out the, the, the details is kind of looking at it. I don't think bullying is a good thing, but I think you have to, anybody that can't handle bullying on some level has to learn how. And what I would say is that poor 13 year old kid. I mean, I, I have empathy for him, but nobody told him he had to stand up to them. Nobody told him he had to yeah. fight back. What he wanted was them to stop. Well, the only way you get a bully to stop one of two things, you ignore them or you fuck them up. That's it. Yeah. Now me, I, I didn't, I, my, when I dealt with my bullies, when I was a kid is I was a smart ass mm-hmm. and uh, I just got the shit kicked out of me so many times. They just decided to leave me alone. Cause it was like, God damn, we keep beating him up and he still keeps making fun of us. I just made him laugh. Yeah, I well, remember, I, the, I, there was a, my freshman year in high school, at the beginning of the, of, the, of the school year, I was in cross country, and I had a senior who was like the captain of the team. The captain of the fucking cross country team was bullying me. He was just like, you're a little pussy, little pussy this. And he kept just calling me a pussy. And I finally said to him, well, look, man, I am what I eat. See, there and, you go. And he stopped and like processed it and then cracked up. And he was like, you know what? I think you're okay. And I'm like, what? Yeah. You're fu- well, you're not. You're a dick, but all right, I'm glad this... And that was it. Like, that was yeah. the end of it. You disarm them in other ways, whether you stand Disagree, up yeah. physically or you cut them with wit or whatever you got to do. I, you know, and it's all it's all case-by-case case basis. Like, I don't yeah. know exactly what this kid was going through. I, I, exactly. I, you know, it, it might it, it might have been more... The thing about it is... A bunch of assholes it, in seventh grade teasing you it's not like it's hard i get it like it is yeah, hard it sucks but it's not worth killing yourself over but, because but, but someone needs to t- again it's yeah. not the kid's fault that he didn't have the coping mechanisms to handle it it's not his fault no right. one taught him well the, no the, one took him aside he didn't have a dad that said okay here's the deal if you're being bullied here's here's some ways you could handle that being bullied mm-hmm. Nobody did that for this kid. So what he had was his options were I either keep having my feelings hurt or I have to end my life. Those were the only coping mechanisms he had. No one taught him that. That is not his fault that he was not taught that. It is the fault of teachers. It was the fault of his parents. It was the fault of his aunts and uncles. It was the fault of any adult that had any kind of real connection with him they did not teach him how to cope. And part of that is because our, 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 our current bent is to shame bullies and try to change them from bullies into not bullies without the recognition is that's like just saying no one should ever lie. Because yeah. you know what? Everybody's going to fucking lie at some point. Lying is a part of the human experience. It's I'm a not part of lie. language. I'm never and- going to lie. You know, I'd love to say that, but I know that not only will I lie, but I will be lied to. And perhaps I just did lie in that statement. And now, Rorschach of the news. Your first Rorschach. It's the elephant in the fucking room. There's if an I elephant didn't, in the room. Yes. If I didn't bring this shit up, uh, it would be a, a president faces prosecution and a democracy is tested from the New York Times. I'm just thrilled. Finally. Finally, after all these years. Decades. Oh, right? Like, it's been at least a decade that George W. Bush is getting charged with war crimes. I think that that is... 
an extremely important thing, especially this bullshit of like, oh, we're, we're rescinding our approval to bomb Iraq. No, like, I think this is a great thing. W needs to be charged, and I'm glad that he's being indicted for war crimes. I think it's, I think it's great. Rorschach number two. Gwyneth Paltrow found not liable in Utah <laughs> ski crash case, Terry Sanderson 100% at fault. I, this was the biggest I mean I didn't follow it super closely but I followed it enough because it's like this is this is absurd this is like this is like a Looney Tunes cartoon <laughs> this guy just it seems so clear from the very beginning that he was like oh I'm gonna try and get some of that goop money you know some of that some of that Paltrow that some rich of that-, that yellow card or that not yellow card <laughs> yellow uh, fucking what's that stupid band that her ex-husband was in Amanda uh, Knox the, yeah, I'm gonna get some of that Amanda Knox money because she this this like five foot eight, hundred and two pound woman skied into me and I went flying into the shut up you fucking idiot and I love just love like going to the pouch the whole time is like yeah, no no <laughs> yeah is, she was just like this yeah. is I have I have so many other things that I could be doing right now. Come on, are we done yet? Really, <laughs> the thing about Gwyneth Paltrow that most people don't think about, I, I think it's the funniest thing is, is she's been in, she was in Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Iron Man 3. She was in Endgame. I mean, she was in a lot of the Marvel movies. Yeah. But she, in an interview, she couldn't remember any of the Marvel movies she's been in. Really? It was an interview where she was like, "It was like, yeah, you 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 start you start with this particular actor in in Endgame or something." She went, "Was I in that?" <laughs> I mean, she's like, she's she. The goop has gone to the brain, man. Goop is no longer uh, a product. It's it's literally what she sees when she gets up in the morning. I mean, I'm sure there's also like, you know, there's a lot. There were a lot of Marvel movies over those ten years. Yeah, and but it's if like, just, just but if you Gwyneth just show up. Here and she's like, all right, here's no, that, that might have very, yeah, that she might have like well, a big difficult role to play in those movies. In in Iron Man three, she did. Yeah, Iron Man. I mean, 3, she, she was did. like, yeah, she was like a big point. deal. Yeah. She was the MacGuffin in that movie, wasn't she? Yeah, she was. Headline yeah. number three: Kansas Women's Bill of Rights is a dangerous legislative lie. The bill I, of the yeah, bill I know nothing about uh, this. I know. That's what I said. We were talking about cancer. Like, uh, the bill summarizes there are a couple of things in it. A female would mean an individual whose biological reproductive system is developed to produce ova. A male would mean an individual whose biological reproductive system is developed to fertilize the ova of a female. Woman and girl would refer to human females, and man and boy would refer to... This is, this is literally legislation... <laughs> hmm. in, in in an American democracy, and it, it what it kind of reminds me of is it's it's the Kansas legislature's sort of attempt to uh, what is it? It's like uh, uh, don't don't swallow you know like the, the 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 warning labels on things where it's the most ridiculous, obvious, and only someone stupid would swallow this whole whatever. Yeah, that's whatever. So anyway, but that's the headline is Kansas women's. They call it the women's bill of rights is a dangerous legislative lie. That is a headline in a newspaper I know you've never read, the Wichita Eagle. Uh, no, I haven't read it because um, I haven't read to me. 
That's where a lot of um, our money goes in this house, is we hire people to come and read us small-town newspapers <laughs> every Sunday. Um, I've got, I found this guy, his name is uh, Amanda Knox, maybe. I can't remember his name right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but he does, he does a great uh, James Earl Jones impression. So he just reads me like, like the Wichita in a James Earl Jones voice. It's fantastic. Um, but he didn't read that, that story. I haven't heard that one yet. Um, it sounds like... The, I mean, dangerous, okay, fine, I'll give him that. It just sounds like a waste of time and energy and resources. That's what this, this bill is, it sounds like to me. Yep, I agree. Headline number, what is this, four? Pausing AI developments isn't enough. We need to shut it all down from Time Magazine. Yeah, I, I could agree with that. Um, I think AI is every time it's brought up in conversation I roll my eyes I know I should give a shit a little bit more especially because like the industry that I'm in like how can we use AI to create you know experiences for people and okay but like you know it, I, 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 I think that we just get we get a little too ahead of ourselves when it comes to new technology and we just need to like slow it down, pause it. I mean, not, not even pause it, but like just pump the brakes on things. Like how can we actually apply this when it, like understanding that humans are always going to have to drive the car. Like we cannot just let AI drive our, See, our trucks. Like we, you, you cannot, you cannot account for human judgment. Now there's human error that robots could account for, but I, I don't know. I, when, when I read all this together. stuff about AI, yeah, I, all I, I hear one thing when I read all the AI stuff. Welcome to Jurassic Park. That's what I hear. <sighs> yeah, and you know, that got us in trouble because then we got three that's, other movies that sucked absolute ass. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah. what, I, no, what, what I'm saying is, you know, life may find a way, but AI... Uh, has no conscience. Neither do dinosaurs. And there you go. Number five, the forces behind anti-trans bills across the United States from Axios. And I, I, I'll just give you a little thing that this actually shocked me. I, and, and I'm not shocked by a lot of things. A few yeah. things surprised me, except for like, hey, we're coming after you for a speeding ticket in 1990. Um, God. Literally... What is it? What's the, I got to get the number. I got to get the number. 47 of the 51 states. Four, I think it's 51. 54, I don't know how many states we have anymore. We have 50 um, states and then there's DC. Okay. Fi 47 so states. You get 51 contestants in the Miss America pageant. That's her. Okay. We only have 50 states. All right. There you go. Whatever. It's so complicated. But 47 states in the United States have increased. And, and, you know, it, 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 efforts, I won't call them anti-trans necessarily, but efforts to restrict transgender uh, care. Um, 47 states, man. The fuck? I, th I think that that is harmful. Not the rhetoric. I mean, the rhetoric, like we, as we discussed earlier, you know, the, the rhetoric is its own thing. But the harm really comes into play when you start 
preventing people from getting the help they need, the assistance, they, the, the assistance help is the same thing, the medicine they need, the, the treatment, the care, the understanding that they need. Whether you agree with it or not, you know, like, I, I think that, I don't think that murder, well, I think that prisons should work more on rehabilitation than some of them do. You know, would I feel that way if somebody killed my family or, you know, killed my dad or whatever? Would I want them to be rehabilitated? I, I'd probably want them dead. You know, I don't want to watch them suffer. I mean, you know, to the question, would you, would you like to see uh, uh, Donald Trump uh, rehabilitated or just stuck in a prison till he dies? Oh, man. Right now, all I want for Donald Trump, I just want a mugshot. I want a legitimate (laughs) mugshot. Yeah. That's it. That's yeah. all I want. Yeah, no, that, and my 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 gut about the anti-trans bills, and again, I don't, I, I actually don't see them as anti-trans. What I see them is they're pro-Christian, uh, right? That's what I see them as. There's, <laughs> yeah. there's a very different thing because most of them are. I think that's the thing. I think most of them make a bit of sense, like like restricting trans uh, males or trans women from competing in women's sports. I actually, I, I mean, I don't know if I agree with it or not. It doesn't really affect me, but I, I can see the point when you've got, you know, basically dudes saying that they're trans and then competing against women and and just dominating the fucking store it yeah. just it it seems I, I a little see, shitty I, see the, I definitely see the I, argument i don't know that i I, I I don't know if i agree with it but i see the argument yeah. i can understand i can understand the legitimacy of saying in a in a in a world where we won't let an, a, a kid under the age of 18 get a fucking tattoo yeah. that it's probably reasonable to say that you can have gender affirming care but you can't have hormone blockers or surgery until you are an actual adult. I think that's a reasonable stance. I think that's reasonable. But like, but, what kind of treatment do you give these people as they're coming into their, as they're, as they're growing up? If there, if there is something going on, if there's gender, well, you know, dysphoria, and, uh, it's one of the things this it's dysphoria, diarrhea. Yeah. yeah. That's what I said. Anyway, no, I think it's an interesting thing. Cause I also think this comes into play with, uh, Kind of we're talking about bullies, but also uh, one of the things I've noticed, and I think I've said this before on the Apecast, we, instead of actually putting in the time with people, um, our health our health professionals are, 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 are taking things that should be done in a non-medicinized way, and all they're doing is just prescribing medicine. Mm-hmm. And and what I would say it's like I, the example that I'll throw out is that my dad had to go. Uh, he went to his heart doctor, cardiologist, uh, not long ago, and the guy, the guy, said he prescribed uh, a blood thinner. Mm-hmm. And my fucking dad is got dialysis three times a week, and his fucking blood is as thin as it can be, and he fucking bleeds fucking everywhere, and. So the idea of a blood thinner just makes no sense. Well, then they found out that the blood thinner that he said was 680 bucks a month. So they went to the doctor again and his heart arrhythmia was gone. And they looked at him and said, yeah, I can't, we can't, my mom was ready to kill this guy because the guy sort of said, oh, yeah, I guess maybe blood thinner was a bad call. What the fuck? What the fuck? Right? I mean, this, you know, I mean, holy shit. And so I think when it comes to 
if you look at the medical science, and I've done some of the reading, not as much as J.K. Rowling has done, but I've, you know, some of the reading, and through the 80s and 90s, what they kind of determined was, okay, you've got a kid that comes in, they're depressed, they're, uh, you know, they've got, they've got signs of schizophrenia, perhaps, maybe some bipolar stuff, and gender dysphoria. What they discovered in the 80s and 90s and what they've discovered in Denmark and Finland and the UK is that those those that that gender dysphoria is often a symptom of some of those other outlying mental problems and that if you solve for those problems or try to solve for those problems then the gender dysphoria usually passes however today Gender dysphoria is considered the cause of those other things, mm-hmm. and so they're trying to medica- medic- medicalize, whatever, um, medicate. Thank you. That's a correct word. I, I wish we knew some writers. Medicate. Yeah, I medicate the problem, and so uh, what you end up having is you have you have people who are transitioning into a different gender who still have had no one treat their schizophrenia or their bipolar disorder or their clinical depression. And so you wonder why they're so fucking unhappy. Yeah. You know, it's just, I just think it's nuts, but uh, I, I don't, I do think it's very weird and awful that 47 States. Um, what are the three that aren't New Can York? I, let me guess. Yeah. Okay. I was in New yeah. York, California and Illinois. Uh, New York. California and Massachusetts. Wow. So uh, wow. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm shocked that it's only three that are being cool about helping people. Well, I just think <laughs> I. I. That. That's the thing is again. There is a difference between legislation against something and legislation for something, and we've entered into a whole. I think that's the biggest problem with our partisanship in the country is that nobody's looking to make things better. They're just looking to destroy yeah. the things they don't like. Yeah, and it's like that is a real. That's not proactive. That's no. that's that's reactive. It's not proactive. And speaking of reactive, our final headline. In the New York Magazine, last stand of the hot dog king, and I won't. I, I mean, I just give you a little, a little, a little context. On it. It's actually one that I would, I think you should read. But it's basically since 2007, there's this guy who has a hot dog cart who has been selling hot dogs outside the New York Metropolitan Museum of Art. But there is a company, like I don't remember what the company is, but they they pay half a they pay is it half a million dollars, whatever, a year to have exclusive rights to sell to vend food at the Museum of Art. And this guy has been fighting this mega corporation with his little tiny hot dog cart to be able to do this for over a decade, for a long time. And it looks like he's probably gonna end up losing. Um, his hot dog set. He's not. He's going to lose his corner, buddy. Ah, uh, and how much money has he and time has he wasted or spent trying to fight this this Goliath? Probably more than he can make it with a hot dog. I mean, he's actually relying on a. <laughs> he's relying on a uh, GoFundMe. A law that no, a law oh. that was that was written in during the Civil War. Okay. 
that basically said that uh, disabled veterans, which he is a disabled veteran, do not have to be held by the same, uh, like these restrictions, these regulations in terms of sales and that kind of stuff. I don't, I didn't read the law. I just read the article and I thought, this well, is the ultimate haves versus the have not because this guy has he's got a fucking hot dog stand. Yeah, holy let him sell shit! His hot dogs, you assholes! Right? God, it's like, just so. Uh, it's like I, you know, Harry and I were splitting uh, like a bowl of M and M's the other day. Like after dinner, he was having his dinner, and we were sharing them, and there were like three left. And I think that Harry had more M&M's than I, like he got his fingers on more of them than I did. Now, I could have gone, well, those last three are mine because you got more, but I'm an adult and exactly. I can go out and buy my own M&M's and have them whatever <laughs> I want. So I'm going to let the five-year-old, the little kid have the extra three M&M's as bone. Like, let's so you mean you, you didn't, you didn't decide to make it a teachable moment. No, not really. <laughs> There's plenty of other teachable moments that don't exactly. require three fucking M&Ms. Give the guy his hot dog stand. Let people enjoy a shitty fucking hot dog right? from a hot dog cart. My well, God. That, I'm going to go to New York just so I can go and see if that guy's still there. I'll buy a hot people dog from him. People are such fucking shit. dicks. There were six things you should do this week. First thing, I'm switching it up. My yeah. first thing is uh, a, a read. It's a read. It is in pitchfork.com. The title is enti- it's entitled Blurred Lines Harbinger of Doom. This is a good, really long form piece uh, by Jason Green. Um, and it is how Robin Thicke. Pharrell and T.I.'s cursed mega-hit predicted everything bad about the past decade in pop culture. This is one fascinating... It's a fascinating breakdown of Blurred Lines, how it became popular, why it became popular, how it coincided with Miley Cyrus's uh, wrecking ball. It's just a really excellent... And when I read it, I went... This is a music article. David's going to fucking love this. Yeah, what is, what is this in? It's in pitch, Pitchfork? it's, uh, pitchfork.com. Yeah. Harbinger is, of Doom. Okay, there it is. Yeah, Got it. it's, it's, it's a, a, a seriously, I loved, yeah, I love this article, and it, and it is and a, rec- a read I recommend. Yeah, because that's an interesting, like, one, I, I thought that song sucked absolute ass when it first came out. Um, the video was grossly misogynistic um and then like and then you know it was a complete ripoff from a marvin Gaye song everything about that song sucks dude read this article because it's more what you're saying is all basically true but it is way more interesting because i didn't even know this that pharrell and uh robin thick they sued the marvin Gaye estate before the marvin Gaye estate sued them Oh, I didn't know that. You got to read this shit, man. It is, re- <laughs> it is just seriously. I'm also going to go ahead and say this up. on the record. I think Pharrell might be the most dangerous person in America. Not only did he give us blurred lines, but he gave us that song "Happy," yeah, which is 
I mean, it's right up. It's uh, it goes worst songs ever. Hotel California by the Eagles, which I and like, then, and then right beneath, I mean, right up its ass, right there is Happy. Yeah, and, and you think Happy is worse than Hey Now You're a Rock Star? Yes, da, da, da. Uh, without okay. question, without all right, just without hesitation, I just want to check. Is that a, a great, an annoying song? Yeah, it's a little annoying, but I can listen but to it without not. wanting to eat a gun. Without without wishing I was a, a nine year old at a at a Christian school in Nashville. Yeah. My first thing this week is a read in this new uh, burgeoning magazine called The Atlantic. The headline uh, by Caitlin Tiffany, which is like the second whitest girl That's, name ever. There's no whiter name. There's no whiter name than that. I don't know. Katie Davis might be whiter, but Caitlin Chad, Tiffany is. Chad Chase. Chad yeah. Chase is a good one. Yeah. Yeah. The influencer industry is having an existential crisis. People who make their living by sharing content on giant social media platforms have tried to strike, organize, and even unionize, but they don't have much to show for it. Oh, I want to read that. That sounds good. It also, the, the, the funny thing about this story is that um, in the opening, in the lead sentence, there is um, a link to an Instagram page, Instagram page, handle, whatever, called Influencers in the Wild, which is worth looking up because that oh, shows, yes, yes. like, yeah, shows people like posing for their shit and how fucking obnoxious and just strange and, and, and hateful to the rest of society these people actually there are. There you go. My second thing, it is also a read. It is in compactmag.com, compactmag.com. It is entitled, A Black DEI Director Cancelled by DEI. <laughs> and it is, it is basically, uh, it's, it's written by the woman who was canceled, Tabia Lee, and it's basically, she's a black woman that was hired to be the director uh, for the Office of Equity, Social Justice, and Multicultural Education in uh, a, a community college in Cupertino, California, and she was fired because she assumed that diversity meant including Jews, um, I'm simplifying, but she had she including including seminars on anti-Semitism and things like that. She uh, she thought inclusion meant like actual inclusion rather than just a, just inclusion of people who agree with a certain particular perspective, and uh, and they got her fired. And this is a real, it's a really interesting, again, it, you know, you, we, we read all the bullshit about how fucked up the colleges are and all this kind of stuff. This is a really interesting perspective because one of the largest growth industries in the country right now is collegiate DEI experts. And this yeah. is a, this is a woman that was hired to do this. She took it seriously. She is black <laughs> and she's a woman and she, you know. Yeah, it's fascinating to hear how she got DEI'd out of her own DEI job. Really interesting article. I just, it's it's shit like this that sometimes just makes me wish that I was Kobe Bryant in a malfunctioning helicopter listening <laughs> to Hotel California. You know, yeah. like, and what's happy. the point? Like, yeah. Like, I'm not going to say that I want to be a 13-year-old baseball player who got bullied at school, but that sounds sometimes better than having to deal with this kind of fucking idiocy yeah. that is so loud and rampant. God, this, I'm, pfft, fuck off. 
Like, you're not helping things, people. (laughs) All right. My next thing this week is a watch on AMC. Bob Odenkirk is back at it. Uh, This great new show called Lucky Hank. Uh, Yeah, I haven't watched it, but I want to. Yeah. It's on AMC. Um, Dark comedy. He is a English professor. He's chair of the English department at this mediocre uh, college. And... He has a rant in the opening in the, the pilot that's similar to the the rant in uh, newsroom. Oh yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, like, yeah. Where, like, with, it's uh, like like it's heavy shit, and he drops on yeah. the students, and that kicks off like everything else that's that's happening now. Oh, I gotta see this. But that's it's about great. it's about mediocrity and writing, and it's just it's very funny, um, and it's it's all around like writing and like the you know so so if it's we were if we were real writers we would get a yeah. kick out of it. Yeah, if we but could understand how to say of, vehemently, it's based off of the. Uh, um, a novel called Straight Man by Richard Russo. Okay. So, um, but yes, Lucky Hank, it, uh, there's two episodes out now. It is on AMC, and it is a thing to do this week. Outstanding. And my third and final thing is also a read. It is in the New York Times, um, and the headline is, I'm booting it up right now, the headline is The Liberal Maverick Fighting Race-Based Affirmative Action. And it's about uh, Richard Kalenberg, who has been fighting for decades to, instead of focusing on race-based affirmative action, he once had, he has tried and failed and tried and failed and been fired and rehired to focus on class-based affirmative action. The believer, his belief is that the biggest uh, that white supremacy and, and racial bigotry is not the worst thing that happens in the United States that keeps people down. His belief, it is all about poverty, um, wealth management, intergenerational wealth, and, and, and class. And so he has been doing this. And it's really interesting because, number one, you get a bunch of his theories, but you also get a bunch of his solutions, which, while they would be pretty intense and probably costs a lot of money. Um, it's just ba- basically, it's a different measure of what diversity means. And his, his whole point is, you know, di- di- there is a greater disparity between diversity of financing and, and class than there is in any other area that we should be looking at. And it's a very interesting, I just found it to be a really interesting article. Hmm, okay. My last thing to do this week, um, I wrote about this in my post-it notes um, or notes from the post-it wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, where's Waldo Books? As a kid, gave me jitters. You know, because just like God, there's so much going on, and where the hell is he? And I have to find a fucking scroll too. Fuck off. Argh. But today, because Harry got a, a Where's Waldo book for his birthday, so I'm flipping through it. My God, that was calming. Like going through that book and finding all this stuff. Like it is, it is Zen, man. It is. So, my third thing to do this week, if you got one handy, maybe you had one in 1990 while Don was getting speeding tickets for going 150,000 miles an hour on Lakeshore Drive or whatever. Or whatever, yeah. Or run to a bookstore, grab a Where's Waldo book, and just spend a few minutes finding the things, because it is, it's like adult coloring, you know, adult coloring books. Yeah. It is, and it's just funny, like, how your brain changes from a kid to an adult, like the, you know, the things that, that calm me down. So yeah, find Waldo. Where the fuck is that guy? When you find him, you will feel better about everything. And that's the show. I want to thank Amanda Knox for listening. 
<laughs> uh, I vehemently appreciate the work that you've done in Italy. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> you can listen to the Literate Ape Cast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast, Jones. If you enjoy listening to Two White Guys Holding Court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com. What the fuck?